0: Good morning Forest View. Welcome, excuse me, to the second week of Advent, the week of peace. And I want to say thank you to Will and Martha and Tanya and Lana for lighting the candle this week. Girls, you did a great job. And like Cole said earlier, as we wait and anticipate during this time of Advent, we lament the lack of peace within us, around us, but we also look forward to the Spirit of God who comes to us now in our present day with peace, but we know one day is going to bring about peace on earth, full redemption, just like when we pray on earth as it is in heaven. But in the meantime, this weary world rejoices because we know that day is coming. I just want to say that I miss you all, I miss being together, I miss seeing a crowd on Sundays, and this is one of the things that we grieve this this season. As Nat introduced last week, we are looking at the various songs associated with the nativity narrative um, this Advent, and last week we looked at Mary's song, uh, the, the Magnificent, and her Song of Revolution. This morning, we're going to look at Zachariah's song in Luke 1. And if you remember last year, we spent a week um, looking at the character of Joseph. And I must admit, I gained new respect and affection for Joseph last year. And the same thing happened again this year with this character of Zachariah, this man of God, our brother in Christ, you know, in our big family, of, family tree of faith from a couple thousand years ago, um, Zechariah. And my guess is that Zechariah was a patient, confident man, or at least that's what he grew into. He was patient with the way that God works and God's timing, and yet confident that God always comes through. So I pray that as we spend some time in his story today that you too will be intrigued by this man of God but that you'll also catch a glimpse of the Prince of Peace. So this message this morning is coming from Zechariah's song in Luke 1 and Hazel is going to read the scripture for us. So thank you. Luke
1: 1, 68-79 to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly in Israel. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Now, for some context, this is the very beginning of the Nativity story. So Mary's been visited by the angel. She knows she's pregnant with the Son of God. And so she goes off to stay with her cousin Elizabeth, who's married to the priest Zachariah. Now, a few months earlier, before that, Zachariah had been visited by an angel while he was preparing incense for the temple. And he was told by the angel that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a baby. Now they were old, they never had children, so as you can imagine, this news was a bit unexpected. They did not see this one coming. And so we have Mary, this young, engaged girl, unexpectedly pregnant. And then we have Elizabeth, older and married with no children, unexpectedly pregnant. And Elizabeth's baby, whose name is going to be John, he's going to prepare the way for Mary's baby, Jesus. So this is a surprise to Zechariah. And as you can imagine, Zechariah had a hard time believing all of this. And even when Zechariah, he asked for confirmation for this promise, um, you know, of this son who's going to prepare the way for the Messiah, and the angel takes away his speech. He is unable to speak uh, for the rest of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So some see this as a bit of a rebuke, and others see it as a bit of a blessing. But regardless, Zachariah was forced to sit alone with the words from God and to dwell in the faithfulness of God. Now this forced silence, unable to speak for nine months, definitely gives him time to speak. Uh, to to think, not speak <laughs> he has months to watch in silence to watch his wife's wasteland waistline expand and her belly swell and to and to reflect on what the angel of the Lord has told him in the temple. And maybe this season of silence actually prepares him for what's to come. Maybe it helps him to be a parent to a son like John the Baptist, which I don't know, but I can't imagine that would have been easy. And after Zachariah's forced silence retreat of nine months, then... Elizabeth gives birth to John. And this is Zachariah's song in prayer. It's his song of salvation. Sometimes we call it the, the Benedictus. But he praises God for remembering his covenant with the people of God and for the fulfillment of the promise to save and redeem. So this is a song about God keeping his promises. The Savior is coming, and because of the tender mercy of God, the Savior is going to redeem the people, the world. So the first part is about the Savior coming, and the second part that Zacharias sings about is that his son John the Baptist is going to prepare the way for the Savior, and Jesus is going to be like a light shining in a dark world, and his desire is to guide our feet into the path of peace. So this salvation that's coming, it's going to rescue the people from fear and oppression, and it's going to give them real peace. And the part that I want to focus on this morning is the way that this song points towards peace. So it could have pointed to lots of things. It could have pointed to joy or love, but it doesn't. So it's interesting to note that this whole song or prophecy culminates with the idea of peace. It makes sense to think that this world needs a savior for salvation, for forgiveness of sin, for light due to all the darkness. Like we need a path of peace because the world is lacking all those things, and particularly peace. Now when we think back to Zachariah's time, it was during the time of Roman rule, and that's where Zachariah and Elizabeth were living under, and the darkness and the captivity and the threat of military conflict conflict were constants in their ancient world. The Pax Romana kind of peace that the Roman emperors offered, it wasn't a real sort of peace. It was the absence of conflict because no one dared oppose the Roman empire. Kind of similar to the peace in South Africa under apartheid, or the peace in Russia under Stalin or Lenin. It's a surface sort of peace that technically there's no fighting or chaos, but implicit to that sort of peace is violence and control and much fear. But here Zechariah is singing his song of praise and salvation that Lincolns the coming of the Savior to a sunrise and the last couple of verses by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace so this rising sun this savior is going to be the like the light coming up over the horizon through the darkness breaking the darkness and this is the light that's going to guide us towards peace And this salvation and light and peace means peace within us, peace between us, and peace between us and God. So it is a big peace and a deep saving sort of peace. Now for us today, we're still waiting for this full expression of peace that was promised with the coming of the Messiah that Zechariah sings about. The phrase here and not yet applies here. And there's something about Advent that helps form us into a patient people. We see glimmers of this promise coming true, but it hasn't been fully realized yet. And so the trouble is is that we're living in Advent, this waiting time, and we have to faithfully and patiently wait for this full redemption, for this peace that's going to characterize us and our whole world. And yet in the meantime, we know that the Spirit of God is at work. And we can be confident, just as it says in John 1, 5, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. So we know the end of the story, but we don't know all about this middle part that we're living in right now. In Madeline L'Engle's poem, Into the Darkest Hour, she writes this, it was a time like this of fear and lust for power license and greed and blight, and yet the prince of bliss came into the darkest hour in quiet and silent light. And our times today can be described in similar fashion. Fear, lust for power, license, fear, blight. These are not peaceful times, and we are not a peace-filled people. But we are confident that the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, has come and he continues to come to us in the form of his Spirit. And God invites us to join with him in this work of peace that's possible because of Jesus. Because peace can only come through Jesus because he is the peace. So we wait for, we work alongside the Spirit of God for the full redemption, for the fullness of light. But for now, We just see shimmers of light. Remember Vision Ministries, the church network and church planning organization that that we're a part of at Forest View? Mike Stone, who was our pastor for about 20 years, he leads Vision Ministries. And it's for Doug Loveday, our transitional pastor from a couple years ago. Um, That's where where he came from. So I get to be the storyteller for Vision Ministries. I tell stories of God at work. I get to talk to church leaders from across the country, and then I get to write these stories of God at work on Instagram and Facebook. And I encourage you to read along. And in fact, I don't even mind if you take out your phones right now and follow Vision Ministries on Instagram or Facebook, because these little stories are like shimmers of light in a dark world. They are reminders that God is at work and that his spirit is alive and well. A couple of weeks ago, it was the story of a homeless man in Victoria who finally found the love and security of family, which he had never really had growing up, but he found it at a local church. Or it's the story of a church in Toronto being called in by their city councillors because they need help with the overwhelming need for uh, social support services during COVID. I just interviewed a couple of Muslim baptized in Lake Ontario this summer in stories that clearly speak of God at work in their lives and these stories remind us that the sun is rising slowly over the horizon light is shining slowly surely in this land of darkness and death and we can be confident that one day there's going to be full light full life and peace is going to permeate everything sometimes though it feels like how Wendell Berry puts it, though you have considered all the facts, be joyful. In First Thessalonians 5.4, it says, we are called the sons of light and the daughters of day. And the sunrise of light that Zacharias sings about, it's still rising amidst the darkness. So how do we wait when we see the trouble in the world around us? Someone said that we are living in the time of, oh Lord, how long? And I see something on the horizon. And bo- we, we sing both of those. I think we wait like Zechariah. We wait patiently, confidently, faithful and expectant that God's going to keep his promises. we we keen for the dawn, for the light of the world, and we guide our feet towards the path of peace. And so in the midst of election campaigns and threats of war, environmental crisis, discord among communities and families, and maybe even our social bubbles, this darkness that exists within our own hearts and minds, this is the lack of peace within us. Think about the anxiety we live with. When I brought my daughter for her immunization shots to my family doctor a while ago, he asked me how I was, and he said, because six out of every patient I see these days is anxious or depressed. This is an anxious time we're living in right now. Even without COVID, this is a stressful time, especially for our young people. These two psychologists, Thomas Curran and Andrew Hill, have found that young people today more than ever feel the pressure to succeed. And this expectation of perfectionism, which the authors describe as a combination of excessively high personal standards and intense self-criticism, it leads to mental health problems such as depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, eating disorders. Now, children from previous generations may have been expected to carry on the family business or get a good job and raise a family. And now we ask our children how they're going to change the world or clean up the oceans or stop world poverty. But it's not just personal or individual. It's our whole world seems to be anxious, divided, suspicious, distrustful. Just one look at the news will confirm that. I was just listening to a podcast this week that talked about stress and the speed of our lives being directly related to the speed of communication. And that the instant communication that we now enjoy, thanks to the internet, is actually hurting us. This world is not peaceful. So we, as the people of God, we wait patiently in expectation. We do not lose heart, but we are to be a a patient and hopeful people. And we can do this because our God is faithful and keeps his promises. Our God is Emmanuel, God with us. Carrie Weeb wrote about this beautifully in the Forest View Advent Post uh, yesterday. She said, Just as our world is upheld by unseen laws of physics, it is sustained and known by a God of love who is always with us, his angels singing the message of peace. So, it is with this confidence that we work for And we work towards peace in our own lives and in our own communities. As Jesus tells us, the peace I give to you is not as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This ancient prayer and song from Zechariah reminds us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he wants us to walk in his footsteps, which means to walk in the ways of peace. So what does that mean for us as individuals to be a person of peace and not the fake sort of peace that forbids any visible sign of conflict or chaos, but the deep and real sort of peace that Jesus himself is. And that peace isn't about power and might and control, but it's about light and righteousness. And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which means fullness. So for Jesus, this doesn't mean the absence of struggle, but the presence of love, to quote Frederick Buechner. Because we know that peace can show up in unexpected places. It can show up in hospital waiting rooms and gravesides and during job loss and broken relationships. The peace of God is not limited to good situations. And that's the beautiful thing about the peace of God is it can show up anywhere. And it seems like there is a certain patience and confidence that we as the people of God are to have. We know that breathing apps and regular exercise help us bring about a bit of peace. And managing our levels of stress and taking our medication is a good thing. And we've got mediation and reconciliation professionals who can oversee and prompt fruitful conversation between opposing parties. And even on a national level, political and social experts know that some policies are going to result in greater peace than others. And these are all good things. But at the root of it, As helpful as our coping mechanisms are, we have to go back to the song that Zachariah sang and remind ourselves that the peace we're searching for, the sort of peace that our world needs, the sort of peace that saves, can only be found in a person, in the person of Jesus. And this person of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he is with us and he is for us. This is Emmanuel, God with us. And so this Advent, my prayer for all of us is for us to spend some time with the Prince of Peace this week. Whatever it is that is taking up heart space and head space for us, May we pray that peace will invade and, per- and persist. May we cry out to God, oh, how long, and yet be confident that the light coming up over the horizon is promise of more to come. And so with that, may the God of peace be with us.